1: Anyway, back to the podcast.
2: Thanks, everyone. Um, can I ask, just before we start, would someone pray for me and pray for our time for God to illuminate the Word for us? All for me. Great. I'm right here. Oh, please do. <laughs>
0: oh, Jesus, we're so blessed yes, that you uh, work through each one of us, Thank and you. just want to pray a particular prayer over Joni, our friend. Uh, prayer of peace Mm the spirit of God you would just uh, rest on her and her insides to just be at Mm -hmm. peace and That you would give her words even as you've already given them as she opens her mouth you would just partner with her in the delivery Mm -hmm. and God that you would build us up as a body yes, like a family here together so we're just so all looking to you Jesus you're the one who who shapes our hearts and and brings us from glory Mm. to glory. So our faith is in you, and we're so grateful for Joni. May she Mm. feel joy and excitement and passion as she shares what's on her heart today to share. In your name, amen. Amen.
2: Thank you. Okay, we're going to continue on in Mark. Does anyone remember where we've been in Mark? It's been a while. It's okay if you don't. Does anyone remember what last happened? Yes yes
0: yes thank
2: you very good we can open to mark 5 verse 21 and we'll jump in and read our passage if you're feeling the burn to read get ready it's going to be your time in just a second (laughs) but um, before we get started yes you're exactly right um, we saw legion cast out by Jesus into the pigs, into the water. We're at a seaside town. Jesus gets in a boat because people are like, get out of here. This was a little too much for us. And so he's moving along to the next location across the sea. So would someone like to pick up and read our story? Raise your hand if you'd like to do it. Anybody? No
0: for
2: 21 through 43. It's a long passage,
0: <laughs>
2: but we're here ready to listen. So don't feel
0: okay, this is we just had hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Wait! Okay, yeah, Raring to go.
2: Um, before we start, um, I just want to ask if we can sort of think about the lens that we look at this through. Let's think about what does this tell us about God? Just keep that in your mind and in your heart as we're reading. Okay, Sam, take it away.
0: When Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, the large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came, and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, saying, My little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hand on her so that she can be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed and pressed around him. And a woman was there and he turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against him, his disciple answered. And yet you ask, Who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then a woman, knowing what, she, what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, and told him the truth. He said, he said to her daughter, Daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. While Jesus was still speaking, some people came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue leader said, "Your daughter is dead." They said, "Why bother the teacher anymore?" Overhearing what they had said, Jesus told them, "Don't be afraid. Just believe. Just believe." He did not let anyone. He did not let anyone follow him except Peter, James, and John, uh, and brother of James. When they had come into the house of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion with people crying and wailing loudly. He went in and said to them. Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead, but asleep. But they laughed at him. After he pulled them all out, he took the child's father and mother and disciples who were with him. He went in there with the child, or where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha koum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Immediately the girl stood up and began to walk around. She was 12 years old in this or at this they were completely astonished he gave strict orders not to let anyone know about this and told them to give her something to eat
2: thanks be to god thank you for reading that sam so what do you see in this i'd love to just honest thoughts Uh, jesus loves daughters Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. amen Mm -hmm.
1: In control. Mm. Hmm.
2: Doesn't seem flustered, does he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: One thing that stood out to me is that how Jesus sees death. So no, no, it's not dead. She's sleeping. Mm-hmm. And I've read that many times. It's like what a thing to say, right?
0: but that's actually his issue. Like not things don't end. That uh, mm. that, um, that person has not disappeared. Wow! Yeah. Uh, like it's in a state that he calls
1: sleeping that wow. he, she can't wake up. Right. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know that the way that he sees death. hmm Interesting. That's
2: great. That's really good. I
1: think like I think just take the woman with the. Blood. I think, um, I just think it's like such an amazing example of how he enters into our most shameful, or we can what we consider to be our most shameful Mm. things, Mm -hmm. um, situations. And he's not in a hurry. He's not like, well, I've got more important places to be, I'll come back to this. enters into this thing that is like the most personal, uncomfortable yeah <laughs> um, yeah
0: yeah I think there's something to like it, Like it also says that God's just sort of always willing to give like Jesus in this like, he doesn't actually like turn around and then heal her It's just, like, he's walking along, she touches him, and is healed. It's, Mm. like, he doesn't, like, have to, like, oh, let me, like, shift from, like, I was in, like, my walking gear, let me, like, (laughs) shift into, like, my healing gear.
2: He's just, Mm. like, already, like,
0: oh, you touched me, you're healed. Like, Mm. that's, like, how God is. Like, it's, I think, largely Mm. about, like, the way that we approach uh, and what's on our heart. Because like, he's just always ready to, to give.
2: Yeah, that's pretty free. And he doesn't have to do anything to get, like you said, prepared for this. Yeah. He doesn't even say be healed, right? right. You know, for neither right. of them. Yeah. The other one is just holding her hand. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Bye. The way that this story is written has always been confusing to me because it, it feels like. The way the drama is being set up, that he's going to like scold her and say, sorry, like, I didn't decide mm. to heal you. Um, but we all know from other stories that like, just the seeking of that lady to come and do anything she could to get him mm. is really, quick, really quick. It wasn't really like he was deciding to do that. Sort of yeah. But, um, even though he had decided to go to this house specifically, it writes it in that way that like, he's on this journey to heal this person, and this just happens on the side. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, her faith and that her drive to, to, to see him, touch him, to, to get better. To yeah. Get better. I think it's,
2: yes. yeah. Yeah. That's uh, good. That, like the faith she has is not only just is not only to be healed, but also that she wouldn't be like condemned and recommended for touching him. Mm. Mm. In right. that time, she was unclean. Yeah. Couldn't mm. have entered the temple. Couldn't have touched anyone. Was isolated. Yeah. So to touch him and trust that he's not gonna mm. that he's gonna respond kindly to her. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And it's interesting because yeah. he could have just kept going.
1: Yeah. Mm.
0: He could have, you know, she could have been healed and just kept going on this thing, mm-hmm. knowing something had happened but not <coughs> called attention to it. But he stopped to bless her and, <coughs> and wish her peace and blessing. Mm-hmm. Be, be, yeah, calling her daughter.
1: Stop. you wanted to see her and her and stop and make it out of bed.
2: Yes. Yes. I don't know that I really have any commentary about this, but I appreci-
0: appreciate the parallel parallelism of the fact that the woman had been bleeding for 12 years and the daughter was 12 years old. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice observation yeah, on that. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: I've never noticed as well the line where she had spent all she had. Mm. She's basically broke, like bankrupt. Yeah. That's like you spent, you know, her life savings on, and, and she made it worse. Right. So not just shame, but probably like potential bitterness and like such anguish over like your whole financial ruin.
2: Yeah. Honestly. Yeah.
0: Um, in both cases, the the role of faith. So Jesus says, "Your faith has healed you." And then, and the, uh, the next case, he says, "Don't be afraid; just believe." Mm-hmm. And um, how important, all throughout Scripture, Jesus seems to place like faith and belief. Mm.
1: It's
0: also quite challenging too. It's like, how do you just believe something? Like, mm. Believe that the earth is flat, you know. <laughs> how do you just like make that? You know, that's a bad example. But you know, like it's just how do you actually yeah, like, yeah. conjure up belief in yourself? is like, mm-hmm. like what,
2: what,
0: what, what? Someone wants to control things. Like, what, what steps do I do <laughs> to increase faith?
2: Yeah, I think I think what you said is sort of like that. How do you even conjure up faith mm-hmm. in this story? I I think both Jairus and the woman probably had some kind of something but i don't know that they had a whole lot of faith necessarily and i i think that's just kind of amazing because regardless of how much you have faith can still be a way to sort of project an image of who god is for us so I even mean, if you've just a little bit of faith a little taste of it you recognize like if you taste a bit of something you, you know, taste a bit of a strawberry, you kind of know it's a strawberry. You have this image of what it becomes. And so I think that's an encouragement to us that we don't have to have a lot, but just a little, and it's enough to show us the nature of God. And so there's a lot of parallels in this story and this is a mark sandwich again i think we've seen this a couple times i drew a sandwich on my notes i was like remember it's a mark sandwich but um, part of the purpose of that is to help sort of magnify some of the things that are happening in these stories for us um, in different lights and i think we we see that and we see a lot of parallels 12 years this woman has been suffering the daughter who's raised from the dead is 12 years old we see they both come having probably extinguished many other options for their healing. We don't know that necessarily about Jairus because um, he doesn't say specifically, but he is a synagogue official. And so you can kind of assume that he's probably had, you know, he's known people, he knows people, hey, can you help my daughter? Um, But he comes sort of a bit uh, undignified and just throws himself at Jesus' feet because it seems that he's probably out of options. This isn't like a, well, maybe this will work. Um, He calls them both daughters, which is a pretty significant um, word. And some translations, I don't think he actually uses daughter for the little girl, but we know that she is a daughter. That's why Jairus is coming. And the woman doesn't actually have a name. And what does he call her? The most intimate thing you possibly could. He calls her daughter. Um, his response in both cases um, when he arrives sort of on the scene is I don't want to say humorous, but I think it's just a little bit
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, like, why would you say who touched my garments in a packed, you know, right. crowded room? I think of when I was in college, I'm on the bus on the way to class and I'm like sardines next to people. I don't even want to know who touched me. Um, there's probably lots of people's backpacks and all kinds of things. So um But his response is sort of comical as it relates to the world. Like, why would you say that? Um, Because I'm not sure he really cares that much about sort of, you know, what we would care about in the world here. And there's no words of healing that are cast out. Um, Or he doesn't cast something out. He doesn't proclaim healing. Healing has sort of happened already in both cases. Um, And I don't know if either of them really ask... Uh, well the woman doesn't necessarily ask out loud Jairus does says can you come heal my daughter but he doesn't know she's going to die he doesn't say Jesus will you come raise my daughter from the dead Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that's sort of a, a reflection of well you had to have faith somewhere and you also had to have sort of a belief that God is someone who can heal and he didn't even have to say it he just that's how he is. That's his subconscious almost. It just, you touch his garment and he's a healer and he heals. Um, But like, I guess what, what does this tell us about God's nature and what does this tell us about faith as it relates to the nature of God? Um, I just want to like stop for a minute and think about Jairus in particular, that he shows up on the scene here with Jesus and throws himself down at his feet and is imploring him, is earnestly um, desiring healing for his daughter. And I don't know if you can think of someone who you would not really expect to do such a thing, maybe like a bot, like your boss or something, um, showing up in front of a, a guy who just came off the seaside, who has been said to do some amazing things, just begging at someone's feet. This is a pretty big step for for Jairus I think to do this but again he shows up and doesn't necessarily know what he's asking for he's asking for a healing he's not asking for his daughter to be raised from the dead but even that little bit of faith for something else becomes well God doesn't just heal someone he raises from the dead as well and I think that's a big deal for us um, I want to focus maybe just a little bit too on this unhurriedness of God um, he's, you know, going in this process with Jairus to the house to do a healing, and he has been interrupted by this woman who doesn't have a name, who, like Josie said, has not just lived with chronic illness for twelve years, but chronic shame, and so it it is in the culture at that time she has been an outcast. And she has not been someone who uh, is allowed to be, like, with others and been allowed to be sort of seen as clean and worthy to come to the synagogue and um, praise and worship. She has literally been living in shame for 12 years. Um, And that that kind of hit me, thinking, well, I feel like I've had moments or even just a couple years of things that I felt shameful about, but not Twelve years, like that's a long time, um, and there probably is something in there that I just haven't been willing to look at. But um, I think of myself, and even just the past ten months of having a kid, I I struggled with postpartum depression um, a couple months into uh, having Iris, and it was hard um, because depression is hard, but it's also um, Kind of shameful, and I felt I felt ashamed to have to say to people around me or to my boss, I I, I can't. I'm I'm depressed, um, and that felt that felt shameful. Um, and I just think of this woman who has had to live with that for a really long time, and had to not only admit that to doctors, who who knows what they've said or done, but all we do know is that whatever she has sought out, it didn't help. It made it worse. And then she shows up thinking maybe Jesus can do something. And she wanted it to be secret. Mm-hmm. Because I think it would have been a little bit uh, scary to stand in front of someone and say, I'm unclean. I need, I need your healing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's key to who God is. I think he sees these secret places that maybe we don't feel like we have a lot of hope in, but we know we need, we need a way out. And even that morsel of faith, of knowing we need, we need a way out is honored by God. I think he really honors that. And I, I think that's part of why she could think and say, if I just touch his garments. And she's healed. No words are spoken. She's healed just by believing and touching that one small act. And I think that's a big deal. I think God does that for us. I also think, though, even though she wanted that to be secret, he freed her from the public shame as well. Mm -hmm. By turning and asking, not scornfully, like you said, Sam. I'd always read this as, like, who took that wallet out of my pocket? (laughs) Um, But I don't think that's how he said it. I think this is tender and kind and... um, someone who wants to see who he had an opportunity to bless. And I think God looks at us that way too, so that he can then say, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. And that is something that I don't think anyone would probably say to her. No one probably had said anything like that to her. And he was able to publicly say, you're healed, so that everyone would know and that she would know out of, out of his mouth that she can go free from her shame. And so I think those two little bits of who is God? He's tender. He's kind. He's loving. He looks at us with a word that is maybe a little different than we thought it would be. I don't think she expected to be called daughter. We don't even know what her name is. And I don't think she expected that. And I think it's really sweet. Um, But he also is willing to sort of Bring that healing to us in a secret place as well as bring healing to us in um, a public way because mm-hmm. praise God, praise His name. We testify to what He's done and who He is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other thing I wanted to maybe share a little bit um, as we kind of go along in the story is Jesus' response to the world. So He's walking along. You know, Jairus is standing there. He's watching all of this. I don't know if he's, like, jumping up and down, like, hey, this is great, but my daughter's dying and we need to go now. I don't know how far it would be for him to get there, but um, Jesus isn't really worried about that. He's calm. Claire kind of brought that up. He's kind of chill. Uh, I don't know if that rubbed up on Jairus. We don't know what his response was, but um, when the uh, other people from Jairus's house come and deliver the news that his daughter has died and it's kinda not worth Jesus' time anymore. I'm sure his response was not uh, dignified again. I don't I don't know, we don't know, but we see Jesus's response and what we do know and how Jesus responds to sort of horrific news is with calmness, with kindness and also with something that has no regard for what is really going on because he lives on a different playing field. I think like what you said, Victor, he's kind of thinking to himself, she's just sleeping. She's asleep. And he doesn't say that yet, but he, what does he say? Whenever they come and say, oh, hey, your daughter's dead, don't bother. He just looks at Jairus and says, don't fear, just believe and that i think is a sort of step or a hook into okay when we are in our moments of fear or worry or things that we are scared we're going to lose there's this little bit of jesus saying it's okay don't be afraid just believe and i think that's that's sort of an invitation so i think that he's inviting us out to get out of the world of things that are happening and welcoming us into something a little bit different and asking us, take my hand, come along, let's go, but just don't fear and believe, which could be a hard statement to, to, to sort of swallow, but I think that we need to remember that's who God is. So so he, he goes with Jairus, he goes to the house, and um, has anyone heard of professional wailers before, professional mourners? Okay, I had never heard of this, so I'm like looking this stuff up. There were people like outside the house there just like crying and wailing and weeping as a response to this girl dying. And so I'm thinking, OK, this is like got the stamp of this is over. This is done. They've called in the professional whalers and here they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jesus, again, has no concern for what's happening there. He's like it's like he's. What are you guys doing what does he actually say the text says what's all this commotion He's like what what is all this and he says "Um, she's not dead but she's asleep what kind of response is that I was really trying hard to think of like a time where I've said the wrong thing (laughs) Um, I couldn't think of anything in particular I, I thought of some funny stories of when I when it didn't really matter but I don't know if you've ever been in like a meeting or you've said something and you're like, oh, that was definitely the wrong thing to say. Um, but I just, Jesus was like not bothered by all the commotion. He actually asked, what, what's going on here? And I think that's a, a picture of his ability to be, again, living on a different playing field and knowing something that I think Jairus and the woman knew deep in their hearts that there's something else available. This isn't the end. This isn't this isn't where it stops. And I love that. And I love that for us. I love that for you. That there could be something that maybe you've made a ruckus about something feeling lost or a dream that you've you've had that feels like it's over, or a job you didn't get, or a missed opportunity. Maybe if I had just said that thing, this person would have liked me a little bit more or Something like that, but don 't worry it 's just sleeping, not dead, not gone, and I think that 's what an encouragement to us. I think that we can look ahead to what is Jesus going to do, and what does Jesus do in the story? Somebody get excited about this, what does he do? He raises her from the dead. Resurrection, people. This is amazing. (laughs) It's so amazing what he does. And again, he does it in in a secret way, but also in a way for people to see. Again, he does it in a way that's like, you know, I, I don't have to say be healed. I just have to say, get up. Little girl, get up. Are you hungry? Come on back in this world with me get up here let me nourish you again and that is just so sweet I mean I don't want to negate the fact that like there's probably a sort of in our hearts things that have died and like people who have actually died um, that he's raised here and so I I want us to even think about this in terms of physical healing maybe a part of you Um, or you know someone who's on their deathbed um, or someone who's been sick for a really long time that he can raise in their bodies, he can raise their bodies back to life. That's actually what he can do in the physical. He can also do that in the spiritual too. And so what's happening here in, in the depths of our soul that we probably don't want anyone to see or know and maybe we've given up on that he can also raise that to life or amend it or make it in a way that's totally healed shame free and you can go in peace so i don't i don't know where we're all sitting in this story kind of what we're hoping for or what life circumstance we're in right now um, or kind of where we've been in our heart of hearts or maybe that journal you wrote something down in years ago that you wished for that hasn't really happened yet that you've given up hope on I think God's willing to meet you in that place in that secret place and he wants to bring a resurrection and he wants to bring a healing he wants to take away shame and so I I think it's worth going there if you guys are up for it um, today and just spending a little bit of time in prayer, um, I I wanted to tell you guys a, a story about um, Iris again. Um, she about one month into our figuring out how to be parents and like not sleeping and middle of the night diaper changes. It's a beast for you guys who know what it's like. It's it's a lot of work. Um, For those who you haven't experienced yet, just wait. I'll be there to help you out. So (laughs) happy to be there for you. Um, But uh, about one month in, we were doing a normal nighttime diaper change and um, I look over at Iris. Scott's changing her diaper and she's blue. And she is looking as though she's trying to gasp for air. Um, And it was one of the most terrifying things that's ever happened to me. Um, And since then, I've spent a lot of time afraid of what might happen to Iris, um, because she's my daughter. I love her. She's changed my life. And she's a blessing from the Lord. and so it was a little bit like, oh, man, Tom, did you really have to give me this story? <laughs> I'm going to have to deal with this. Because I honestly, I hadn't for the past 10 months. I was like, yeah, this is just how mom life is. You have to be worried about what's going to happen to your kid. Is she going to live? Um, and I was like, well, I guess I got to, Lord, I guess I need to deal with this now. <laughs> um, but I, I want to encourage you. I, I prayed and said, God, what do you have to say about that? What do you have to say about this situation? And what I think he said to me was, I love her too. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Well, if he loves her, then it's going to be fine. (laughs) I don't have to worry. Because the people who God loves, he takes care of. So I don't know what I don't know what in your life that you're worried about, or that um, person that um, you're afraid of losing, but he loves them too. I'll tell you, I really slept great last night, <laughs> <laughs> knowing that. Um, and I want to lean into it more. And I'm not totally there yet, but I was like, oh man, this is such an encouragement. So I, I want that for you all. And um, I think the Lord wants to speak to you in a way that's specific to you specific to your Mm -hmm. life specific to your heart and wants to show you who he is in those places where you feel like there's no faith because i bet there is a little bit but there's a morsel and that's enough to paint this picture and he wants to paint that for you so maybe we can just take a little bit of time are you guys willing to just kind of take some quiet time and If anyone wants prayer, um, we can jump in. I'm happy to pray for someone, or if you want to do it later, that's fine too. But um, maybe we can just take a little bit of time. Of Lord, can you reveal what it is in my heart that maybe you've lost hope for, or maybe a healing that I don't think is going to happen, or maybe someone that you love that you're afraid of losing or something that you love that you're afraid to lose. I think God wants to meet us there, and I think he'll, with the little faith that you have, or maybe you've got a lot, um, let's just go to him right now. Um, Just spend about three, four minutes, and then I'll pray for us
1: the thing that kind of struck me in that story was the pressing in through the crowd mm. and the intentionality that she'd have had to do to do that. And so even just as you encourage us to you know, we're a family, and so therefore I want to encourage you to press in mm. through the crowd. Don't say, Oh, I'm gonna sit back and let someone else get blessed. Mm. As courage encourages, he well, we loves you. Yeah. And um, and so let's all press in through the crowd. Mm-hmm. Because we're all loved. Yeah. and he wants to meet all of us in that love and that's going to take a putting your head above the parapet and being vulnerable in front of each other Mm-hmm.
2: yeah that's good don't be afraid of silence um, but also don't be afraid to ask if there's something that you desire prayer for
1: It's a lot about belief, but I see underneath that uh, the hope and the sense of not having hope after twelve years, mm-hmm. or after someone seems to have died. I that you would my hope in you. I, mm-hmm. you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I may believe more. You.
2: Yes, God. Thank you, Lord.
1: Yeah, Father, I want to confess my weak faith for healing. Mm. and I've got great faith for salvation. I've got, I know that I'm saved. <coughs> uh, but I want to press through the crowd now and ask that I could touch the hem of your garment for just practically my left knee right now. It's just mm. I've been struggling with it for a couple of months. And uh, I want to Touch the hem of your cloak. I want you to build my faith muscle for healing, yeah, now and then but also intercessory going forward for others in Jesus' name, yes, God, yes, God. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, I just confess this like broken tape in my mind about brokenness and Mm. just yeah, feeling like just years of um. Almost using it like it's just going to be my life, and I'm not going to have what I want because of it. Mm. Just confess that, Lord, that you're. um,
2: Yeah, I'm not fatherless; I have a father. No matter how much I have to remind myself, Lord, you're going to remind me of that the rest of my life. Yes, Lord.
1: Yeah, you're going to heal wounds, Lord, that I can't even reach. Mm. Amen.
2: Thank you, God. I want to just confess that I have family that have been sick a long time and have not seen relief for very long. And I just want to have faith um, and help my unbelief, Lord, that you can heal.
1: Mm -hmm. the meeting we were all, uh, those folks that were here were praying that it would be testimony if surely God was in that place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Father, so we ask, so that because because you ask, Lord, and you have not because you have asked Lord, we ask that your glory would, would fall now as we mm-hmm. wait, not afraid of the silence, not afraid of waiting for you, mm-hmm. um, showing faith to wait, um, and petitioning you. How much more will my Father in heaven give? Pour out the Holy Spirit to those that ask. Mm-hmm. Of testimony of the unjust judge being worn down by the persistent widow. Mm. So Lord, like persistent widows, we petition you that um, sanctuary will be a place of renown where surely God is in that place. Come mm. and see what God does in that place because we're asking you as your kids to show us your glory, yeah. yes, and to see your kingdom come fully in personal, personally in our own lives, and then into mm. the city in Jesus' name. Yes, God.
2: Maybe we can end our time with um, some worship um, and continue on in prayer. And if anyone wants someone to petition with you in prayer, I'm sure the person next to you or I would absolutely be happy Mm -hmm. to sit and pray. Thanks, Tom.